Please. You okay? I'm trapped. Ah! I'm inside a podcast. Oh no! I can't get out. Welcome to the podcast that you are trapped in. My own personal hell. Don't, don't say me stuff about the podcast. Well, if I'm trapped, I, I, I mean, no matter how nice the podcast is, if I was trapped in it for all eternity, I'm still trapped. That's hell. But what if it was Elementopy? Yeah, be hell. <laughs> Just me. Just you and me talking forever, and I'd be like, hello, and no one would talk to me because it's a pre-recorded podcast? No, I'd rather just be stuck with you. In real life. In real life. Not podcast. But it could definitely be a worse podcast. Thank you. That's all I wanted was you to say something nice about our podcast. Yeah. At least, you know. This is Elemental P. There are podcasts where they talk about people getting murdered. That would... Oh. (laughs) Wait. Was that really... Did you not think about that? I was thinking like true crime podcasts. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is fake. It's not true. Welcome to LMNOP, the podcast about the best show on television where people happen to get murdered. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But most of the people deserve it. Who die in in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? When they get murdered, yeah. Well, I that okay, that's not true. I'd say most of the people that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. killed deserve it. But most of the people that die in the show are innocent. So, Just by sheer numbers, yeah. Yeah. Agents I mean, of Elementopy. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No. We're here to talk about the Agents of Elementopy. Elementary. Yeah. And they're not agents. Uh, they're agents in my heart. Okay. That they, makes... They're detective agents. Not any sense (laughs) today we're talking about season two episode eight blood is thicker and i'm your host val flight cub aka pudding is the thickest liquid oh and i'm your other host alec aka a mediocre warrant (laughs) not an outstanding warrant not an outstanding warrant just a regular just an okay Regular, regular, run-of-the-mill warrant. <laughs> and just to clarify, you're not actually trapped, right? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on how you look at no, it. No, we're... No, we, no. Because me, Alec Farquharson, is not trapped. I'm just sitting on a couch talking to a microphone. But the, the Alec that you're listening to is trapped in this podcast forever. He's always going to say the same things over and over again. And I currently control what he's now saying forever. This is so... I need to lie down for okay, a minute. Okay, this isn't a metaphysical podcast. We're not talking about podcasts. We're talking about elementary. Okay, I can show. do that. I like it. I like that show, and I like that episode. Good. Blood is thicker. It's based off of, of course, the blood s- is thicker than water. The saying, blood is thicker than water, which is based off of the saying, um, blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb. Now, I looked this up. There is... It's bullshit. No backing for yeah, that. It's completely. So apparently it is blood Blood is thicker than anything. Family blood. Hmm. And um, there was apparently some book that said that the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the, of the womb. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And they didn't have any sources. They just said it. Yeah. And now we say it. So We being like the 25,000 people that saw that post on Tumblr.com. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And apparently there is an, an Arab saying that basically says um, milk brothers are, le- are wait, Those- <laughs> their blood is thicker than milk. Mm-hmm. So blood brothers is what counts, not milk brothers. Ah. But it's booby milk. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to make wildly inappropriate jokes about milk brothers, but I decided against it so that we can move on in the podcast. Great. So this episode starts with some single stick. And there's this, like, piratey song playing in the background. As they're like, <laughs> So we see two people single sticking. Yeah. To be clear, there are two sticks. Well, there's, but each... Each one has... Each person each has a single individual stick. individual has a single stick. And uh, they have the, the fencing helmets, but mm. it's got a little egg on the right on the pate of the <laughs> helmet. So that when you hit somebody in the pate, you know definitively that you've hit them in the pate. Yeah. And they take off their helmets, and it's Mycroft and Sherlock. The Holmes brothers. So they must have, like... Like, they must have learned as kids, but, like, oh, the dad every- was like... We're, I'm going to send you to the same single stick camp that I went to. <laughs> Every British uh, boy learns uh, cricket and single stick. Mm-hmm. Now, when I saw the episode title, Blood is Thicker, my first thought was, you know, family. And I was like, man, if Mycroft is not in this episode, what a, what a silly title that would be. Mm-hmm. And immediately I was like, oh, okay, good. Oh, he is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Although at first, because they're all in their fencing getup, I thought it was, it was Joan. And Sherlock. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no way to know until they take off the fencing helmet. Yeah, besides the fact that Lucy Liu is, I believe, a lot shorter. She's also a woman and wears women's clothes a lot of the time. She tends to wear skirts. In season two? Do, do, she's do, always wearing a skirt. Are there fencers that wear skirts? They're just wearing their clothes. Oh, yeah. I guess Sherlock's sweater just kind of like reminds me of the fencing material. It kind of looks like a, a fencing outfit. I wouldn't put it past him to have a single stick sweatshirt mm. <laughs> that he likes to wear. But no, they're just wearing clothes. So Mycroft loses. His egg gets splattered. He, he got egg on his face. Ew. He got egg on his pate. <laughs> so as they're changing out their eggs, Mycroft is like, you know, New York City, it's no London. And Sherlock's like, it's the American London. The American London in werewolf. <laughs> He's like, it's a London. Maybe it's not the London. And uh, Mycroft is leaving soon, and he wants Sherlock to eat with him at his restaurant in New York, Diogenes, before he leaves. And uh, he's like, come on, you missed the opening. Uh, And this was an amazing line from Sherlock, where he says, well, I had a choice to make, you know, either find a young girl's abductor or choke down cuisine with a room full of gits. (laughs) And he does the, like, you know, lady liberty hand motion, trying to weigh which one's... Balancing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so... F- it's... I love it. He has such a holier-than-thou attitude about his job. Well, he saves lives all well, the time. save a life tomorrow. He will. Oh, great point. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he definitely does have a choice to take a little break or not. He just doesn't want to do normal human being things. Nope. And he just uses the job as an excuse. Mm-hmm. It would be something else if he didn't have the job. Yeah. Or, or he would just 
be more rude and not come up with an excuse. <laughs> like, I couldn't come because I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So Mycroft is like, please come out. It's my last night here. It would mean a lot to me. And Sherlock's like, I thought we were being brotherly already by hitting each other with sticks. <laughs> Mycroft's like, please. And Sherlock's like, oh, fine. Fine. I'll go and I'm not going to like it. Fine. I'll go out to dinner and get a free meal that is delicious and exquisite at a at a fancy restaurant a swanky restaurant for free but i'm gonna complain the whole time (laughs) so now we cut to um a parcel delivery guy and uh, he's dropping off you know he's walking from his truck to a building and outside of the building is a guy wearing a little apron and they're they're bantering did you think that the guy with the little apron was like one of those people with this the clipboards that asks you for charity and stuff um i did not notice his apron I thought he was, like, carrying a book or something. Yeah, he was, he was carrying a book. Yeah, I thought he was, like, a school student. And I was like, did New York City students just, like, do their homework on the sidewalk? <laughs> no, so this is, um, I paused it to see what charity he was, like, soliciting money for. Mm. It's not. He's wearing an apron because he works at Eco Dog NYC. And he's right, they're right outside the Eco Dog NYC. He's like on his break or on his like cigarette break or whatever. Is it, are these like environmentally friendly hot dogs? Like environmentally friendly hot dog stands across New York City? What's environmentally unfriendly about hot dogs now? Um, how many dogs it takes? <laughs> no, it's dog clean, dog grooming. Yeah. So it's hot dog washing. <laughs> you need a clean hot dog. Yeah, if you don't boil them, you gotta rinse them off later. So he's looking at a the book he's reading is uh I don't know something, but it's got a word of the day in it, and the delivery guy is like, "What's the word for today?" And um, the the guy on his break says, "Borborygmus." What do you think that means? Um, it 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 means using fancy words when a, a simpler word would do. Just to seem smart. Also, this is the other reason I thought he was a student. I, was, I thought he was, like, studying for his, like, SATs or something. Mm, that would make sense. So what, what's Borgogrigmus mean? <laughs> Barber's Christmas <laughs> means the sound of your tummy rumbling. And I looked this up to see if it was real. And it is. And another synonym is kermering. Kermering. Yeah. C-U-R-M-U-R-R-I-N-G. Hmm. Imagine if you were like, hmm, pretty loud borborygmus. And then somebody was like, what does that mean? And you were like, you know, they're kermering. Oh, why don't you just say that? Yeah. Why you always going to use big fancy words when a simpler one would do? Sherlock. <laughs> so then the apron guy hears a big clang. And that was my tummy rumbling. Are you a robot? Yes. <laughs> you did not know? No. You were unaware? <laughs> yeah. I was. And then uh, he looks around, but he doesn't see anything. So he's like, hmm, must have been the wind made a big bang sound. And then we get a shot of the top of the truck as the delivery driver drives away. And there's a dead woman on top of the truck. Oh, no. Ah! Ah! Like she fell. Like she fell or jumped or something. Was pushed. Yeah, because she does. You do see a blood stain on her belly. Because oh, I remember yeah. thinking, I was like, ooh, that would give you a, a tummy rumbling, <laughs> a knife in the gut. Uh-huh. Like, give me all your money or I'll rumble your belly, <laughs> rumble your tummy. Hey, tummy, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the, sh- uh, we get, then we get a, the intro. Miss Short intro today. 
Again, not the shortest, but kind of short. More story time. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, Sherlock and Joan and Belle are on the scene. And by on the scene, we mean... On the van. On standing on... top on, of the scene of the crime. Uh-huh, standing on top of the truck. It's very funny. Like, all my homies stand on trucks. <laughs> Bella's like, I'm so tall now. <laughs> and then Sherlock hops off the truck and goes inside, and he looks at the ceiling, he looks on the shelves and stuff, and he notices that the dust has fallen only on some parts and not others. So he's like, can you get the truck driver and ask where he was when he delivered this package? Because when the woman landed on the ceiling, it dislodged a bunch of paint chips from the ceiling that rained down on the shelves, but not on that area of the shelf because there was a package There's there. A package there. But the one right next to it did have paint chips on oh. it. Which means that wherever she fell onto the truck must have been between those two deliveries, mm-hmm. which is nice. Narrows down the, the searching window mm-hmm. from all of New York City. Yeah, to like to the buildings right around that area yeah Yeah. and then uh we continue to uh narrow it down because they go to the apartment building that the guy was parked in front of and uh there's all these balconies all the way up and bell is like well better start ringing doorbells he's (laughs) like time to time to fucking grind (laughs) and joan is like actually you should start with the third balcony from the bottom because every balcony has a little tree on it except for that one. Ooh, good catch joan Joan. Noticing bushes. Fuck yeah. And, uh, you know, she totally nailed it. They go to that apartment and uh, it's got blood smeared on the doorway to the... a chaotic scene. Yeah, there's signs of a struggle. Things knocked over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, blood leading to the balcony. And then on top of the balcony, in the balcony, is the the knocked over bush. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Found it. Now all we have to figure out is who the heck owns this room. Yeah, which you'd think you'd just be like, hello, who signed this lease? But apparently the super doesn't know the tenant's name because they value privacy. You know, this these apartments are more expensive. Uh, that's super. <laughs> that's where he got his name. <laughs> yeah, so that's why the apartment's more expensive. Can we do the opposite of that? Can we get like a discount on our rent if we tell our tenants a bunch of stuff? <laughs> if I send you... Uh, a picture of all of my birthmarks. Can I get $10 off the rent every month? If I send a chart of my bowel movements, <laughs> how, how much will that get me? What is that? Like a line graph of how long each one is? Uh, it, it's a it's a Monday through uh, Friday uh, pie graph. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the um, weight of... Uh, waste per day. So over the five days, how much of it came out on Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, it's important to know for um, delivery reasons. Delivery reasons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, shipment manifestos and... Did you say shipment or did you say shipment? Well, I should have said one. <laughs> number one. Oh, no, it's all number two. Ah! <laughs> I forgot which one was which. <laughs> <laughs> so Sherlock mentions to Joan in this scene that he's got the dinner coming up with Mycroft tonight. And she's like, what do you think? And he's like, Pfft. and then they discover who lives there. So Sherlock, you know, peeks around in the apartment and then, uh, oh wait, Joan is the one that figures it out. She finds a wallet and she opens it up and Sherlock's like, it's somebody that just moved to the city recently, isn't it? And Joan is like, whoa, yeah, it is. How'd you know that? And he's like, she's got new clothes and old clothes 
the new clothes are really nice and the old clothes are shabby. Crappy. But they're clearly owned by all the same person. Like both the uh, the cheap and the nice shoes have the same... Supination of the left heel. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Which means that um, your, your heel becomes a bowl mm. and you put soup in it. <laughs> Yes. It got exactly supinated. what it means. You know, I, I learned a lot about all of this kind of stuff um, in my occupational therapy classes and, you know, different people's gait and how they walk. And, and um, one thing OTs learn to do is just, like, look at how a person walks and, and determine, like, what needs fixing, what part of the process. Is it a foot, ankle, mm. hip thing? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for shit. I just watch people walk, and I'm like, I don't know. They walk fine. <laughs> They're getting from point A to point B. <laughs> they are walking, so that's, you know, a, a plus in my book. You could be an army doctor. <laughs> what was it? Um, it was like a, fifth, a stand-up comedian from the 50s who was like, yeah, you know, when I was in the army, I, I had an eye problem. I went to the army doctor. He just counted them. <laughs> So now they know that this woman, Haley Tyler, lives in the in this apartment. And, you know, apparently she's got somebody buying her really nice gifts. Or she just got a promotion and suddenly has a ton of new money flowing in. A promotion at the job that she just got? Ye- at the city? In the city? Yep, that, that big old city job. She just, yeah. We want to move you? And give you a 40% raise. <laughs> She's like, hell yeah. Ooh, Ooh diamond ooh. store, here I come. <laughs> That's not really going to translate in podcasts. <laughs> Probably have to cut out that part. <laughs> the wiggling sound. So then Bell learns, I don't know, he gets a text or something that tells him who it is that owns this apartment. And it's this guy and he's like, Sherlock, you know that phone you like better than most people? Because <laughs> millennials be on their phone. Yeah. Okay, Belmer. <laughs> Sherlock's like, why are we here? I would rather be catching Pokemon creatures. <laughs> but apparently the guy who owns his apartment invented these computers. This this cell phone. Alexander Graham Bell? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> A little... A little later in the process then. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool, though. <laughs> Our killer <laughs> is dead for 120 years. Mr. Marcus's grandfather, <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> so they go to Ian Gale's office. And Ian Gale, the inventor of the phone. Did I not say that part out I loud? I don't remember if we did or not. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. It was yeah. so long ago. Ian Gale, a force to be reckoned with. Gale force. <laughs> so they'll see this poster of him, you know, on the cover of Forbes or whatever. And then this older gentleman comes out and he's like, hello, you were, you're the detective. You want to talk to Ian Gale? And they're like, yeah, you're not Ian Gale. And it's funny because we only know that because he's basically standing directly in front of a poster of Ian Gale. Yeah, yeah. This scene is, it's its very funny because it opens with the poster of Ian Gale. It's just like an old white dude with gray hair. And and then this old white dude with gray hair walks out and literally, Belle says like, hi. And, and Sherlock says, 
you're not Ian Gale. Uh-huh. Just like, hey, audience, this is a different white guy. Yes. And, and yeah, to really hammer it home, he's he's standing in front of another poster of Ian Gale, who I guess is a different person. He is a different guy. You can't argue with the fact that his face is different. <laughs> well, then if this guy isn't Ian Gale, who the fuck is this guy? He's the lawyer for Ian Gale. He's like, I'm the guy who answers the questions people have for Ian Gale. So he says, you know, um, well, we would love to uh, help you in your murder investigation, but Ian Gale is actually in Kuala Lumpur. So that's his alibi. His alibi is he's a koala and poor? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. also my alibi for just about everything. <laughs> Alec, why were you asleep? I'm a koala and poor. And poor. I'm poor. I'm poor koala. I'm poor little koala. I'm just a poor little koala with no koala coins. Don't invent that coin. <laughs> Unless and it's if, a physical coin. And if you do, uh, send me some. You know, koalas are, are really, like, they sleep a lot of the time because they only eat eucalyptus, and eucalyptus does not provide them a lot of mm-hmm. nutrition. Yeah, they're idiots. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I can't believe koalas would do that. And I'm only eating white cheddar Cheez-Its for like (laughs) two days in a row. (laughs) Every koala has depression. So Kuala Lumpur is a place and it's apparently where Ian Gale is. And it's about a day's plane flight away, which just still blows my mind because I'm just like, but planes are the fast thing Uh that are supposed to take you long distances in a short amount of time. Yeah. And you can travel the entire world in a day. That's amazing. A whole day it takes you. Yeah, you should take 80. Oh, yeah. That is true. You could only go around the world in 80 days. That kind of makes it sound like you're not allowed to stay out for longer than that. <laughs> like, oh, I want to take a, wor- a worldwide trip. I'm thinking of taking three months. No. No, 80 days. Your visa will expire. I'm a natural born citizen. You won't be able to come back. Day 81, we lock up the borders. <laughs> That's it. No getting it back in. I don't care if you're in a hot air balloon. <laughs> It's a tall wall. <laughs> tall wall is just a bit redundant because a small wall would just be a ledge. You really got me there. That is, that is true. I'm going to say it anyway, though. It's a tall wall. Can you stop me? No. I'll say whatever the hell I want. I'll use whatever adjectives I want to describe walls. Well, you better not. It's a, oh, that's a fat wall. <gasps> Dang, that's a fat wall. That's a really wibbly wall. Whoa. Because it's tall and thin. Skinny wall. Oh, look at that blue wall. Blue wall? I'm going nutty with it. I don't care. Look at that nutty wall. Nutty wall. Full of walnuts. <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to say peanut, so I said the next nut that came to mind. <laughs> Imagine if you had been like, oh, the wall's covered in almonds. We'd have to just be like, yep, <laughs> just move on. Walmonds. Walmonds. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I better not cash you on this side of the wall. <laughs> um, uh, uh, t- um... Plus, my peanuts got an attitude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. I think those teens are right. We should cancel culture you. <laughs> <laughs> to f- 
further bolster Ian Gale's alibi in elementary, <laughs> the lawyer shows them some news clippings. And they were like, he's like, these were just taken yesterday. To be clear, it's a, it's like a clip of the news. Yeah, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> news clippings are definitely paper. Let me show you a YouTube clipping that I thought was really funny. <laughs> but baby panda. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's video. And he's like, here's here's Ian Gale walking and going into a limo. Going into a car, not a limo. Nobody drives limos anymore. Big protective SUV. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock pulls out his phone and he's doing something. I don't know if it's playing Candy Crush or... Yeah, yeah I mean, it is... Yeah, they show the Candy Crush. The, um, the product placement is kind of out of control. Yeah, it's insane this season. You hear the little like... <laughs> Delicious or whatever. However, that... I've, done, I've never played. Delicious. It's very, it's like a very masculine, like, candy, sweet job. <laughs> Is it really? Sweet delicious. Fucking sick, dude. <laughs> but then he takes out his little, um, he takes out his little compass to measure and, and he says, that guy is a stand-in. That stand, judging by the height of that car and the height of the stand-in getting into the car, he's, 5'11 at the tallest, and Ian Gale is 6'1". What? It's really like he notices a two-inch difference. Yeah. It's like, wow. Hey, two inches. Hey, two inches can really make a difference. (laughs) If your window is two inches open while you're driving your car, you notice. It's true. You on a cold day? No no way, man. You're getting chilly if you open the car window two inches. Get out of here. Forget about it. You'd be so cold. It's two inches. It's a big deal. Two inches? I mean, hey, two inches shut down all of Texas because they weren't prepared for it. Yeah. So the next morning, Joan is sleeping peacefully. Honk shoe, honk shoe. And then she's awoken by a Holmes brother, but not the one she's used to. She gets a phone... (laughs) She gets a phone call from Mycroft Holmes. She answers, and, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't wake you up, did you? And she's like, yeah, a little bit, which is the nice way of saying, yes, you fucking did wake me up. This was my morning off. What is wrong with you? Yeah, who calls at 7.30 in the morning? Yeah. Mycroft. Mycroft. And he's like, sorry, but Sherlock was supposed to have dinner with me last night. He never showed up, and he's not been answering my calls or my texts, and I want to make sure my little bro is okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, did he die? And Joan is like... No, he just sucks. Yeah, you you know your brother. Yeah. He's the worst. He just blew you off. Yeah. For to be an asshole. Because yeah. he didn't want to. What kind of what kind of jerk would make plans to do something like have dinner with their brother or have rehearsal with their friends and then just decide not to show up and not say anything about it? That person would be a jerk. No, fuck beta schedules. Your health comes first. But uh well, you see, Sherlock has a very good reason, which is that he's a detective. Mm. So he couldn't eat dinner because he was too busy detecting. He solved the case last night. No. Oh, then what? He made some progress. No. No, and then just go have dinner with your brother. Yeah. Just eat one meal. So Joan comes downstairs and she asks him, because he's just been looking for Ian Gale um, this whole time. This this conversation is about to be, like, the most relatable thing ever for me. Because Sherlock is up doing something. 
And Joan is like, oh, you're up early. Uh-huh. And he's like, bold of you to assume I went to bed. Yeah, yeah. Which is me all the time. If you stay up late enough, you become up early. <laughs> I think I think the the meme I, I related to most ever was from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where um, Mac and... Um, Charlie see each other from across the restaurant <laughs> in the Texas. Um, uh, my roommate waking up at 6 a.m. and me going to bed at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. which was like an entire year of college for me. <laughs> and getting up to going, going to school and uh, me finishing up a game of Mario Party before going to bed. <laughs> Were you playing Mario Party by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, and I, put, I put the computers on very hard because they're the only ones that can give me a challenge. Because no human has ever been able to beat me at the Pario of Mario. That's what I call it. <laughs> it wasn't just a mistake when I was talking just now. It's what I've, I've always called it for years. <laughs> Mario Pario. <laughs> it's me, a Pario. <laughs> That's their real last name. It's supposed to be the Pario Brothers. <laughs> I'm gonna make an Italian restaurant, and I'm gonna be like, "Do you wanna? Do you wanna sit indoors? Or do you wanna sit on? It's me, the patio." <laughs> and no one will go because that's <laughs> terribly stereotyping of you to do a Mario voice just because it's an Italian restaurant. You're right. I I'm gonna become a plumber, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Do you want your toilet in the bathroom or <laughs> on the? It's me, the patio." <laughs> People will be like, you know, I hadn't thought of it. <laughs> now that you bring it up. Sounds kind of refreshing on my hole. <laughs> my butthole. Nice outdoor breeze. Hmm. It's, 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 yeah. It's like um, in Rick and Morty, his special toilet in the middle of the wilderness. Just like the beautiful view. <laughs> Elementary. We get so sidetracked. Yeah. But let's be honest, on a podcast, the sidetrack is the main track. Listen, if I'm going to be trapped in this podcast forever. Debatable. <laughs> I don't want a straight line. I want to enjoy the journey. Sherlock discovers. Sherlock explains to Joan what he has discovered, which is that Ian Gale has been using a stand-in for a long time. So if he, you know, used the stand-in as an alibi to kill somebody, it's been in the works for months. So it's a long play. Mm-hmm. And he's going through all of this work just so he can kill this Haley Tyler girl? In a kind of visible way. It's weird. Yeah. Then he gets a text. um, And he's like, ho-ho, my contact has come through. And he's, he's discovered the hotel that Ian Gale is at. And it's actually in New York City. Well, you know, where he assumes he's at. Yeah, he's he's pretty confident because he's Sherlock Holmes. Well, yeah. But yeah. And I'm pretty confident because they're showing us on the Sherlock Holmes TV show. <laughs> right. Usually when he's wrong about something, it's off screen. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they go to this hotel and Sherlock explains why he knows that it's Ian Gale, which is that an entire floor of this hotel has been rented out by, quote unquote, Frank Beaufort, as in Sir Francis Beaufort, who was a 19th century naval officer who invented a lot of the measurements that sailors use like such as gale force for gale example force. gale force he's like a bit of an obvious fake name and joan is like 
but how are we going to get into this floor? And Sherlock's like, oh, don't worry, I got a guy. And he goes over to this potted plant in the lobby of the hotel, and he picks up a little key card. And he's like, this will unlock every door, every floor, every room on that floor. Every door on that floor. Every door on that floor. Floor number four. (laughs) Who's it for? Open the door. (laughs) And he puts a little package in, a little cloth-wrapped package in the plant. And Joan is like, do I want to know? I do. Can you tell me? (laughs) (laughs) And Sherlock is like, my contact is the chef at this restaurant. It's a very high... It's a very upscale restaurant, and Sherlock gives him moose cheese. Moose cheese. Which is made by one Swedish farm three times a year, and they give him some because he did a favor for these moose farmers back in the day. I believe it. Yeah, me too. And Joan is like, I have so many questions, so I'm going to go in alphabetical order. (laughs) But she's like, why only three times a year? And he's like, well, I've never milked a moose, but I would imagine it's not easy. (laughs) So are they milking wild mooses? I don't know. Like, they're just like... Can you tame a moose? (laughs) They're huge. Are they just waiting for the moose to, like, get pregnant? And then they, like, run out to it and, like, milk it (laughs) while the baby is distracted? And they Uh can only... They've only been able to do it, you know? They only get it a couple times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it sounds like it to me. Sounds hard. Because it's either domesticated or it's not. And I feel like it, there is no... Well, I was going to say any domesticated... Any animal that you've domesticated, you would either be able to milk it or it, you don't get milk from it. But I, I think if Balta was a female dog and she had puppies, she would let us pet her, but she wouldn't let us milk her yeah like no matter i don't think she'd like it very much no matter how domesticated she is Uh and she's a dog which is like the most domesticated you could be (laughs) she has the brain worms like leave me leave my nipples alone she'd be like tender stop it yeah leave all 10 of my nipples alone Mm Mm-hmm. wait 10 don't they have eight i don't know i'm not a dog vet my friend's dog laverne has nine nipples oh because she got an extra one huh Mm mm-hmm it's like a third nipple, but a ninth one. Mm-hmm. It's like a fifth wheel, but a ninth nipple. Have you, have you ever felt like the ninth nipple on a date? <laughs> Call into our show. Did you just not want to also say third? What did I say? You said fifth wheel. Yeah. The expression is a third wheel. But it's, I was thinking like a car. Why was I thinking fifth wheel? <laughs> That's what my brain goes to first every yeah. time. Well, yeah, if it was a group of three, it would be third wheel. I mean, fifth wheel in a car is just as important. It's the steering wheel. <laughs> and the sixth wheel is my hernia cushion. <laughs> so anyway, they go up to so-called Frank Beaufort's hotel floor. And they're like, hi, um, hotel security sent us. And they're like, uh, no, they didn't. And Sherlock's like, well, thanks for confirming that you're not hotel security. Who are oh, you? Got him. Got him. And then he's like, you said your name was Sherlock Holmes. All right, you can come in. So they go in and they learn the answer to the mystery. Ian so- Gale. Is there hooked up to machines? He's a cyborg. He's a cyborg. He's Darth Vader. Oh. Well, he's Darth Vader right after Anakin got back from the lava planet. Uh, he's very sick. Yes. Yeah, he's not doing too well. No. So yeah, he's 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 sick. That's why he hasn't been out anywhere. 
because he's he's been feeling under the weather um super duper under the weather like i need new blood under the weather i need a new heart <laughs> under the weather yeah um and and you know businesses if if your ceo is sick your stock market's gonna crash the prices mm-hmm. the shareholders will get so panicked oh they'll go douch because it's like ouch but on the on the on the dow <laughs> stock stock market stock market so he's been in this little private hotel hospital that he's made for himself by bringing in all the doctors and equipment into his hotel room good for you we get it you have billions of dollars and you can do whatever you want mm-hmm so ian gale is like okay you found me peekaboo you found me i will explain to you why Haley tyler was in new york city i Brought her in, not because she was my sugar baby, but because she was my daughter. She was my baby baby. Yeah. So apparently he and Haley share a blood type that is like very rare. Um, So she was, she came to New York to like donate blood for him a bunch of times because he got a new heart about a month ago and he's taking the anti-rejection medication, but his his body is rejecting it anyway. And he's like, so basically I'm too much of a fighter for my own good. Mm. And my, the doctor said my dick is huge. <laughs> I'm too strong and handsome. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> Pierce on Community where he's like, I'm actually super fertile and my sperms go straight through the egg and pierce <laughs> it. And so, you know, can't fertilize the egg. It's too, <laughs> too strong. But it's real. I mean, he is, you know, he can get back on the donor list, but it's going to be too long to get back up to the top. So the daughter, Haley, is the result of a one-night stand before Ian met his current wife. And um, this woman got pregnant and went to Ian, and he was like, okay, here's $2 million. Never talk to me again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Man, if anyone ever wants to give me $2 million or $2 to never talk to them again, feel free. <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to give me $2 to have Valak never talk to me again. <laughs> Maybe we can negotiate something. Wait. For $2,000, I will stop. <laughs> so Ian Gale is like, I didn't want to just like hit her up because I needed her. I just like wanted to reach out because I was dying and I realized I've been a bad man and wanted to reconcile before I died. So now they're back at the police station. Joan is wearing a pink short sleeve little dress. This got a black skirt, and a little black collar. <laughs> it looks really cute. It was cuter when I thought it was a shirt, but it is still cute as a dress. Hmm. But now that they found Ian Gale and they talked to him, uh, he and his wife are being totally cooperative and they're providing the police with all these elimination prints. You know, they're making their security detail do it too so they can, you know, see who else was in the apartment, Haley Tyler's apartment. Yeah, like that's, it's also like smart. Like if someone like broke into our apartment and, and like the police were like, you know, we need your fingerprints so we can make sure that the fingerprints we're looking for aren't yours. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking for the person that doesn't belong. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I also don't fucking want you to have my fingerprints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's for your safety. You you can but have... we are going to keep them. You can have it for three days. Right, yeah. yeah. You, get, you get... You can hold the picture of my fingerprints up to the picture of the fingerprints you have and look at them and go, mm. <laughs> nope, and then put it in the shredder. So now Sherlock is like... All right, well, it's getting time to be dinner, so time to go to the morgue and look at the dead body. <laughs> Joan is like, no, you have a dinner appointment. 
at Diogenes. And she's also like, bro, we're partners now, which means you can go off and do stuff and not worry about no one trying to solve the case because I'll be trying to solve the case. Exactly. They're just like us, except in, instead of catching murderers, we're doing the dishes and moving my car late at night. Mm-hmm. If one of us can't do it, the other one does. <laughs> it's a good system partnership. I like it. I must say. It's pretty good. Except for when I have to move your car. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I get to walk with Balto, and that's a nice little time. So Sherlock is like, I hate the fetishization and ritualization of food. It's disgusting. And it's a waste of time. And Joan is like, too bad. Goodbye. I also like, during this conversation... She walks over to the vending machine and gets, like, a Nutri-Grain bar and a bag of chips. She's like, I'll be thinking about that while I enjoy my dinner. Uh-huh. So Joan goes down to the morgue with Belle, and they learn that whoever stabbed Haley, because she died actually from a stab wound and not from the fall, but whoever stabbed her must have had medical knowledge because they, like, avoided the ribs and it was, like, one clean cut and all this stuff. Or got super, super lucky. Or got super lucky and was very calm. And then Belle brings in Haley's mom for identification. And she says, uh, you know, our last conversation was an argument. And she's like beating herself up because she didn't want Haley to come to New York City. And she knew it would end badly. It's a sad scene. Sad moment. Yeah. So Mycroft and Sherlock are at Diogenes. And Mycroft is like, I have a little present for you. Ding, 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 ding. It's the keys to 221B Baker Street. <laughs> he leans across the table and gives him a big kiss on the cheek. <laughs> Which is to like, say he slaps him with the yeah. keys. He's like, take him. Smack. Yeah. 221B. Two, two, My 221B. Two, 221B. Two, 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 Sherlock's just like, oh, it's so many Bs. <laughs> 221 Bs, Baker Street. <laughs> So then Sherlock is like, thank you so much for the keys to 221B Baker Street, um, but I live here now, so not really sure why you're giving me these. Yeah, I don't need a house in London. I have a house in New York mm-hmm. where I live and plan on living for the next five seasons. Where my stuff is. Yeah. And Mycroft is like, all right, I didn't want to say this, but dad wants you to move back to London. Daddy wants you home. Father wants you Back in the, at the continent, away from the colonies. <laughs> Father wants you on, on the correct side of the pond. <laughs> and Sherlock says, Ugh, early onset dementia is so sad. <laughs> Zing! You must be out of your goddamn mind if you think. <laughs> so Mycroft is like, as much as our father is a lizard person, he was proud of you when with your work at Scotland Yard. He thought that you would pick it back up when you were done with rehab. So he wants you to move back to London, and I fear that if you don't go back to London, he'll cut you off. Oh, no. And Sherlock's like, okay, so? No more daddy dollars. <laughs> no more of daddy's war bucks. <laughs> and Sherlock is like, so? I don't care. And Mycroft is like, he's going to cut you off from the trust that he manages that's your money that you use to pay Joan. And then he says, Sherlock... You're not just deciding for yourself anymore. You're making decisions for two now, Sherlock. You're pregnant. You're and it's pregnant. a little baby Joan. That's why you ordered two entrees, Sherlock. You're eating for two. <laughs> it's like you've got to do what daddy wants or you'll be homeless and moneyless. 
All you'll have is your huge brain and your good looks. And your stunning partner with an equally huge brain. And your very impressive two inches. (laughs) How far could your parents get you to move if they were giving you money? Like, would you move continents for presumably millions of dollars? Well, well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like thinking about it as if it... As if there's any price that's too low. Uh-huh. What I was actually thinking about is is um, when I was in college and I, I moved off campus, my parents paid my rent for me. So if they were like, we'll only pay your rent, but if you go here. But now I'm thinking, I'm like, I pay my rent. Well, I'm like, well, Val pays my rent mostly. So I'm <laughs> like, so I guess I'm going to live wherever you want me to live. Yeah, you so, are. Yeah. If you want to switch continents, I'll be there. Me and my boy. Antarctica, here we come. Oh, he'll love it. He will. Oh, man. He would love it. He would be like, I spit and the spit turns to ice. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) I love it. One thing that we forgot to mention about the the scene with the Holmes brothers having dinner is how it starts. I just liked it. It was a quick little thing where Sherlock says, Oh, yeah. um, You know, just because I I typically don't, you know... sit down and enjoy food it doesn't mean i can't appreciate when it's when it's well done they, yeah they finished the meal and my crop is like oh i bet you hated that <laughs> he's like no i have taste buds no it was delicious but shut up yeah so now the detecting continues joan and bell are in the conference room at the police station with ian gale's wife whose name i don't remember uh but if it helps I believe she played um, the mom of, I think she was Mrs., I want to say Vanderbeek, but that might not be right, and Gossip Girl. She, she is Blake Lively's friend's mom. Okay. So she's the BFM. <laughs> yeah. She's the big fucking mama. <laughs> okay. So um, they're talking to Biffum in the conference room, and they're like so we learned something interesting yesterday which is that after haley came to new york city ian changed his will so that millions of dollars that would have gone to you would now go to haley hmm Hmm, what an interesting Hmm. motive that is money's a great motive for murder money's a good murder motive they're like what's your alibi she's like well That morning, I need some fresh air after sitting by my husband's bedside all night. And I walked to a park and I sat on a bench and I left my phone at home. And they're like, that is the worst alibi. Terrible. That we've ever heard. She's like, well, it's the truth. I don't know what to tell you. And Haley was stabbed by somebody with medical knowledge. Mm. This woman, Biffum, used to be a pediatric surgeon. Wow. That's playing the game Operation Junior. Yeah, that's going to be... Do you think that's going to be tougher? Mm-hmm. Because everything's smaller. Yeah. Baby surgery probably is the most the most advanced. Yeah. You know, old people's surgery, like, they're all loose and stuff. <laughs> you know, they're not only their max height, but they're also kind of... There's some jiggle room. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, if you nick something, like, you can just, like, uh, whatever, tie it up. There's like a bunch of just like loose stuff in there. Slap some duct tape on there. Yeah. It's fine. Use some bubble gum. <laughs> Old people are 20% duct tape and bubble gum by the end. So. <laughs> so they're like, you got an interesting motive and a really easy way to kill her by having medical knowledge. And the wife is like, okay, 
the money would be a good motive. Except giving Haley 20% of his inheritance was my idea. Mine. I convinced Ian to change his will. And now that Haley is dead, there's a clause in his will that that money goes to her mom. So I don't even get the money back. So that would be a really stupid motive for me. And also maybe look at her mom. Yeah. You would know all of this already if the mom had known anything about us, but she didn't. The mom's dumb. She's just prejudiced against... She's a richest. Yeah, she hates rich people. Rich people never do anything wrong, and she just hates us. Mm-hmm. So we go back to the brownstone, and Sherlock is... He had said to Mycroft, like, you know, if, if father cuts me off and we can't live in the brownstone anymore, we'll just... We'll find someplace. We'll make do. And he's looking through listings on... Uh, a nondescript tablet. Sometimes it's not the Microsoft Surface tablet. Sometimes it's... Sometimes Microsoft forgot to send the check. Uh-huh. And he's looking at real estate listings. He's looking at a real estate listing, like going through the, the room photos. And it looks just like all the fucking listings I've looked through <laughs> for apartments we could move into, except that there's he has more scrolling to do because there's nine rooms instead of four. Yeah. And he look, he's looking at it and he just goes, I'd sooner die. <laughs> like thanks bro yeah i'm just like whatever sherlock you don't need a yard for dog to run in so sherlock's looking at real estate listings joan comes up and sits next to him and she's like oh i i blew it i'm such a dummy i oh i'm gonna go sit in the stupid idiot's corner yeah where's my dunce cap oh. i'm detective dunce i'm but shame on the Holmes detecting fa- name. Shame on you. Shame on my cow. <laughs> shame on my milk brothers. <laughs> and Sherlock's like, I don't think you blew it. You confronted a, a suspect who had strong answers. That doesn't mean that you were wrong. And Joan is just like, I don't know. I like this, though. Sherlock is like... You need to have the confidence of Sherlock Holmes. You are never wrong. (laughs) He's like, you have never done anything wrong in your life, and I love you. (laughs) So then Belle calls, and Sherlock says, Belle rings. (laughs) Belle rings, and Sherlock answers, and he says, Hi, detective. Hey, with three Ys. (laughs) No, he doesn't even say hey. He just says, Detective, I heard it was a discouraging morning. And Belle says, I've had better, but it's looking up. Because you picked up the phone. Hi. Aww. No, that's not what it is. Oh. Well, maybe, maybe just because he doesn't say it doesn't mean it's not true. It's true, yeah. Can't dispute it. So why is the day looking up? Because they were able to match some fingerprints in Haley's apartment. There were some fingerprints that matched Haley's old boyfriend... How old is he? (laughs) He's 800. Wow. That is an old boyfriend. Yeah. He's from where she's from in Texas. So apparently he has come up to, you know, came up to visit her in New York City and maybe kill her. Ooh. My dad. Hanky panky. The bad kind. Stanky panky. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Hanky stanky. Hanky panky turns to helter skelter. Oh, no. Is that what it, does that mean what I think it means? I don't know, but I just keep thinking about um, uh, spanky hanky. It's a guy named Hank that likes to spank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is he friends with old hickory ham, Mike? Yeah, he loves slapping that ham. (laughs) The rest of Hank's crew uh, 
So there's spanky, there's spanky Hank. Uh-huh. Spiky Mike. <laughs> he invented the lemonade. Oh. He got started early, you know, spiking the uh, the punch bowl at prom. Mm-hmm. And then went on to do some great things. Mm-hmm. And then he made Mike's Hard Lemonade, too. <laughs> Zing! Ooh. I don't know anything about that lemonade. It's probably fine. There's a uh, Phallic Alec. He's a real dick. <laughs> And, um, twirling Gerald. (laughs) What? (laughs) He loves to spin. (laughs) Luckily, Skeevy Steve didn't show up. (laughs) So, uh, they learn more about this boyfriend from Texas. He, you know, they're on again, off again. And Joan is like, hmm, I bet he's a lot more on again once he learned she, you know, was the daughter of a bajillionaire. Yeah. But he really made her off the balcony again. <laughs> so they decide to go back to Haley's apartment to look for more clues. Maybe, you know, now that they have the boyfriend in mind as a suspect. Right, because... Or person of interest. Right, because, you know, they say we don't know where he is, but we know where he's been. Exactly. So they're, I don't know, they're just like idling around the apartment, like looking at <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're just pacing around like any... Any clues? So the carpet's still here. Yeah. They're um, doing they're hitting the button on their controller that does eagle vision uh-huh. to light up all of the, the things that you can interact with. They're just clicking on all the items to see if anything pops mm-hmm. up. Yeah. They're looking at the bookshelf trying to, to uh, determine if one of them is like less drawn in because then that's the one that you interact with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're seeing which ones have sh- cell shading like in a yeah. cartoon or whatever. <laughs> so while they're, you know, while they're bopping around, Joan is like, so Sherlock, how was dinner with Mycroft? And Sherlock says, well, apparently father is displeased. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. We upset daddy. Daddy. So Sherlock explains you know, the situation. And he says, you know, so we got to start getting clients who pay again because he had been paying Joan out of his savings for a long time and but now had to dip into this other fund that Moreland Homes is... The trust funds that apparently he's no longer trusted with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we've had people come to us asking for us to work for them, but they've all sucked. So we haven't taken on any paying clients and we might have to just like suck it up. Yeah, I think he even says like, you know, he prefers working for the police. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you know, we could, the other option is we could both move to London. (gasps) What? Oh, that would be a twist. But that's a, that's a sixth season kind of twist. Yeah. I mean, spoilers. What are we going to just move to London and you'll turn into Martin Freeman? (laughs) <laughs> and so Joan is like, well, what do you want? And Sherlock's like, it doesn't matter what I want. And Joan's like, yes, it does. It's the only thing that matters. No, she didn't say that. No. It's half of what matters. <laughs> and Sherlock is like, you know, New York, I've built a, a support system for myself here. With you, with Captain, with even with Belle. He's like, I got something going there. I, I'd like to explore. I don't want to leave just yet. <laughs> but really, he says, you know... Um, He's thrived in New York City and he didn't expect to. And and he wants to keep living there until he's ready to move on. And then he he says, and then he says, your turn. Because <laughs> it's a partnership. Yeah. It's 50-50. I also think that, I mean, he just like fully expressed how he feels about stuff. And it's, it's a relatively intimate moment. It's, you know, he's talking about 
family personal stuff too. I, I also think that he's like a little uncomfortable and he's just like, okay, now you talk. Yeah, you hold the hot potato now. Yeah, now you say something so I don't have to think about everything that I just said. And Joan says, Moreland has done a lot for us. You know, he's the one that brought me into your life. But fuck Moreland Holmes. All my <laughs> homies hate Moreland Holmes. My only homie is Sherlock Homie. Yeah, sure. She says, we'll find something new. We'll figure it out. We're Sherlock and Joan. We're together forever. Best buds. <laughs> she doesn't say that last part, but it's implied. And then I wrote in my notes, Sherlock and Joan do not hug. <laughs> They're having this conversation, a nice COVID safe six feet away from each other. And they are stock still and they finish the conversation and they just look at each other and they kind of barely even do a little like acknowledging smile. And Sherlock walks over to the TV remote and picks it up and turns on the TV to look at the TiVo. Because this is where the clues come in. Ooh. Technology used to make our lives better, but also technology gathering information about us. You ever think about that? Wow, someone should make a show about all the ways that technology can be used to um, thwart us. Mm-hmm. I bet there's a lot of topics to explore. Yeah, like fucking pigs. But this is not that show. This is a good show of elementary. The quality <laughs> of the other show is debatable, but we're not here to have that debate. <laughs> Sherlock is like, the TV is the boob tube, and the DVR is the window to the boob. Ooh. <laughs> I, always li- I always knew I liked DVRs for a reason. <laughs> TiVos are the little hole in Super uh, Supergirl's costume <laughs> that, you know, just showed the boob window. Because mm-hmm. he's like, these are the idiot helpers. We're the idiots. And we tell the, we tell the DVR what we like, and it helps us by recording it. So he finds that there's uh, this horse race show that's basically like like the pregame analysis, but for horses. What the fuck kind of show is this? Like, do they talk to the horses? I mean, on the pregame analysis of they don't talk to the athletes. I'm sure it's the exact same thing where they just like show footage of previous races and talk about stats and... yeah. With games, at least, it's like, oh, this guy tends to do well against teams that blah. Or, like, their strategy is going to be blah. Uh, horse racing is this like... This horse runs fast. This horse runs fast, but the other one also runs fast. So <laughs> the trick is going to be to run faster than that horse. So, gosh. There's something out there for everybody. Listen, people try to make money... And, and sometimes you gotta just find a real niche community to base your show around. I mean, it's like it's like these Moneyball shows and stuff. People watch it because they think it's gonna give them an inside edge. But if it was any actually useful information that might give someone a leg up, they wouldn't put it on fucking TV. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Sherlock's like, this girl has cruelty-free makeup, but sh- horse race shows on her DVR. These are probably the boyfriends. And he's a guy with an outstanding warrant. <laughs> not, not, not no mediocre warrant. Mm-mm. A fabulous, outstanding warrant. There's something remarkable about this warrant. It's glittery. <laughs> it's printed on scented paper. Ooh. So they're like, he wouldn't do betting online. And there's a horse race that he's recorded the show for right now. So he's probably at the horse races. So we better get our ass to the horse course. Yes. 
But if you bring the, your ass onto a horse course, you will be disqualified because you're only allowed to ride a horse. That's discriminatory. And actually, Gaelic Storm has a whole song about Darcy's ass, Don Darcy's donkey that wins a, a horse race. Nice. Yeah. Why aren't Why aren't there donkey races? You can put a little carrot I, I on the little machine. <laughs> I mean, I feel like at some point in human history, any animal that has ever been even slightly domesticated has had some sort of fighting or racing ring. We just picked the best ones, or yeah, we just decided there's gonna be horses, right? And dogs and chickens. Well, greyhounds. Yes. Yeah, it's greyhounds, right? And, you know, you don't see any fucking shih tzu courses. I'd like to. <laughs> I would really like to. They should do a... Well, dog racing is... Those dogs aren't the happiest. But if they were, I would love to see an, a Winter Games version with huskies. They should do, like, casual Olympics. Uh-huh. Because greyhounds, right, the, the way that they're trained, the way that they know to run in a straight line is there's a little bunny or whatever that's, like, on a little track and machine pulls it along i feel like if you were doing a husky race you just have to like everybody pet your husky for like 20 seconds <laughs> and then like put them in the little track and like have fences on either side and just at some point open the fence and they just <laughs> they would just bolt down the, down the lanes yeah what olympic events would balto win at winter olympic events he's a terrible skier mm -hmm. his feet are too small mm-hmm he could, if there was a, sh a shit rolling. <laughs> he's so good at rolling and shit. Mm-hmm. God, he's, he's, if there was a smell-based Olympic sport, he would ace it. I, I'm picturing, and, and I don't even know if it's winter or summer Olympics, but like the, the shooting that they do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining some, something like that, but, but the opposite where it's like in the ground and he has to like jump in snow to locate a target. <laughs> So they were 100% right. This boyfriend was at the horse course and they bring him in and he's like, just as my horse was literally coming in, you grab me. Oh. And Belle's like, aw, a person is dead. <laughs> so the guy says, yeah, I know that she died. I was out the morning that she was killed. And when I came back, she was already dead. Well, she was, she was gone. Oh, she was gone. And there was the sign of a struggle and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Because she fell off the balcony and the truck drove away. So. Right body gone yes and sherlock's like oh so you called 911 because you're a responsible citizen <laughs> yeah you did your civic duty you reported this death you reported your girlfriend's missing missing after signs of a struggle and he's like um no i have a fabulous warrant <laughs> and that's my on again on again off again girlfriend like nobody would believe me that it wasn't me so i decided to do nothing instead didn't call in an anonymous tip or something no Whatever. His alibi is that he was out at the store that morning buying her meds because she had been sick. Haley had been sick for like two weeks. With the flu. Mm-hmm. And Jonah's like, hold up. You said she was sick? With flu-like symptoms? For two weeks? Her? And the guy's like, yeah, you know, for the first like week and a half, she was just like kind of tired. And then it got, it kicked into overdrive and her fever went up super high and she was doing really badly. And Jonah's like, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And then they leave and Sherlock is like, are you going to make me ask what you're figuring out right now? Like, tell me, tell me, tell me. Where are the pieces that are falling into place? <laughs> What's going on, Joan? Don't leave me behind. So Joan is like, well, Haley donated blood to Ian Gale a week ago. But if she was having flu-like symptoms, she wouldn't have been allowed to donate blood. And also like, if she was sick, why would they put that blood in him? So she's trying to figure out how she could have donated blood with an infection. Yeah. Or what? 
Something doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. And she finds the lab tech that actually took Haley's blood and, like, calls him. She calls the clinic, or the hospital wing, wherever she went to get her blood drawn. And, and the guy that answers happens to be the guy that drew her blood. Yeah. And he says, no, she seemed completely fine. Even made a joke about topping the bag off. Mm-hmm. Well, so maybe the boyfriend's a little liar, liar, pants and flyer. But then they hear, they look at the pharmacy footage, and he was in there. His alibi checks out. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, hmm, yeah. Confusing. I'm confused. Mm-hmm. I hope it gets cleared up soon. <laughs> well, you're in luck. Because Sherlock is like, Joan, I am stumped. And Joan is like, um, hi, stumped. I'm dad. Because she's piecing it together. She's, they're back at the brownstone working on the case. And she's like, wait a minute. Maybe it's not about Haley's murder. It's about Ian Gale's murder. What? What? All of these puzzle pieces are falling into place for her. So she's Start- about to drop some truth bombs. Oh, it's starting to look like a puzzle mm-hmm. now. <laughs> so Joan says, Parlor and reveal? Parlor and reveal? Parlor and reveal, Captain? Bell? You, Parlor you and down? Reveal? You down? So they go to the hotel spital. <laughs> and there's a great shot where they're talking to Ian Gale's wife and she's like on one side of this big room and they're on the other side and they're all four of them are just spaced out evenly in the room and they're just like Joan Sherlock Bell and Captain mm-hmm. arms crossed looking stern they're like it's time for a parlor room reveal lady <laughs> it's like the boys have showed up yeah the boys the boys Joan and the boys so Sherlock starts off the reveal with Mrs. Gale. Isn't it true you engaged a divorce lawyer for a short period of time a couple months ago? And Ms. Gale's lawyer is there for some reason. I guess because she doesn't want to talk to them anymore because they mm-hmm. accused her of murder. Yeah. And he's like, you don't have to answer them. And Sherlock's like, no, we already know the answer. You did. <laughs> But then Ian got sick. But then the weirdest thing is he got a heart transplant and the procedure he got has an 80% success rate. And I looked this up because I was like, really, you get a new heart and you've got four out of five chance of surviving? It's true. If you get a heart transplant, your survival is 85% in one year and 69% after five years. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Because I worked for a place that had heart, that made heart pumps. And when you get a heart pump, you either get a heart transplant or you expire. Mm-hmm. So I thought like it was like that, where it was like, yeah, you get a heart transplant and then you can live for a couple more years. But no, if you got a heart in there and your body doesn't reject it, fuck yeah. Hey, you're good. You're good. So I thought that was pretty cool. But Joan explains the rest of it because she's the one that's figured it out. So what she explains is, yes, bringing Haley to New York City was Biffum's idea because she needed someone that she could manipulate and What she did was when Ian got the new heart, she bribed one of the doctors to give her a sample of the new heart. And she injected it into Haley, telling her it was a supplement or something. You know, this will make your blood go really fast. Oh, yeah. This makes it like real bloody. Mm -hmm. It's it's good blood. Yeah, it's a lot of... This is what makes it red. This is gamer blood. Code red. Good blood. Why don't good and blood rhyme? Or food. Good blood food. Good food blood. (laughs) <laughs> I shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> Blood good food. Ugh. So Haley, being a young person and not, not taking anti-rejection drugs, she's got this, this foreign tissue in her bloodstream now. Her immune system goes into overdrive. She starts making antibodies. So she was an incubator for a poison that there was no toxin for. So when she donated blood, 
she's donating blood full of antibodies that fucking hate Ian Gale's new heart. Uh-oh. So, so he just looks like a fighter. So so that that's why he was getting better and it started getting worse. And that's why she has had the flu for the last two weeks. Because when your immune system is fighting an infection or an invasion of some kind, that's what it looks like. And this fucking blood tech guy... He was just like, yeah, a million bucks? Sure, I'll help you kill someone. Mm-hmm. It's too bad because if, you know, a wealthy woman killing her wealthy husband, that's a tragedy, I guess. <laughs> but a wealthy woman killing a, an innocent young lady who is innocent, just trying to be nice. Innocent girl. I'm shaking my head at this woman. We're disappointed in you, Biffum. Mm-hmm. So they, dis- they explained that, yeah, her getting 80% from the will is her motive not because it's down from a hundred but because it's up from the like paltry 15 million she would have gotten if they got divorced Ah. so it's just like dr husband back when he was like would you rather a prenup or a will (laughs) i mean dude that is an insane amount of money yeah 15 million compared to 80 percent of the billions he probably has from starting a phone empire and bell says the 80% from the will is probably about 100 times more than you would have gotten in the divorce settlement. And I was, like, doing the math of it of just, like, she would get 0.8% of his... Why would that be in the prenup? But it's a because it's a fixed number. Yeah, because I got married before he was a billionaire. Mm-hmm. He only had he only had thirty million at the time. <laughs> right, but he's like, if I make any more, you're not getting any of it. No, no, no. So then, of course, you know, she kills Haley because she's trying to get rid of the evidence, basically. And she planned it to be a botched robbery, but then somebody took a little tumble over the side of the balcony. Whoopsie daisy. Whoopsie. We got her. We got her. We fucking got her, dude. You go to jail, lady. Yeah. And you, and you know what they don't have in jail? What? Thing, things rich people like. Money. Yeah, they don't have money in jail. Gold. They don't have gold. Champagne. They don't have shampoo. Uh, dresses. If I was in jail and there was someone I didn't like, I'd be like, here, you can borrow my shampoo, but I would have pooed in it. So it'd be real poo. It'd be shampoo. Real poo for my sham friends. <laughs> oh. Oh. So they're back at the brownstone. The mystery is all solved. It's time to do some personal matters. And uh, bing bong, ding dong, ting tong. My cross at the door. And he's like, hey, um, I moved my flight because of things. And you said you had to want to talk to me. So I thought I'd just come by. And Sherlock. Okay. So I was reading some fan fictions <laughs> and the dialogue is always so weird because i'm like this isn't how he talks he's a little fancy boy but he doesn't just randomly say fucking weird words instead of normal stuff yes he does yeah he does johnny lee miller does a great job of making it sound natural because he's a good actor mm-hmm. but he absolutely says fa- little fancy boy words that he does not need to say he tells mycroft that he's written a letter for their dad to read but what he says is, I've penned a missive for father's perusal. <laughs> Why? <laughs> They're British. So the letter says, dear dad. Dearest father. Thank you so, so much for everything you've done for me. I'm like blown away by like your generosity and your courage and I, your fatherliness. I really appreciate you and everything you've done for me. Every day I say to Joan, my real best friend is my dad. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're giving me money all the time. 
Money, please. But I'm not moving to London. Love, Sherlock. So the letter basically says, Sherlock's like, I've expressed, you know, what I think he will find a sufficient amount of gratitude. Uh, but I've, I'm telling him, I'm, I gotta go my own way. Please keep sending me money, but if you don't, see ya. That's your, that's your choice. That's Mycroft is like, he really might not, like, this letter might not do anything. He might really just decide to drop you. And Sherlock's like, it's what it's. It's YOLO. YOLO. Yo Majo. What? Wait. Y- you only meet one Joan once. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it didn't make sense. Joan Watson. Joan Watson. He says part of recovery is structure and this is working and I need to just go with what's working and I like it here. And Mycroft's like, wow, this must have been a fun letter for you to write. And Sherlock's like, it was not unlike carving the words into my very skin. <laughs> and then Mycroft is like, okay, well, goodbye. And Sherlock's like, bye-bye. And then we get a wide shot of Mycroft walking back to the door and Sherlock's standing in the living room and he's wearing tight pants and you can see his round little butt. Hmm. For those still on the fence about whether or not you want to watch the show. <laughs> well, if that doesn't sell you. What will? And then, dun, 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 we go back to Diogenes. Mycroft is there. He's got his little cell phone and the letter that Sherlock wrote. And he rips up the letter. What? What? No letter for you, pops. No. And he calls someone and he says, my little gambit didn't work. We'll have to come at the problem another way. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's working for Hydra. Ah! Yeah, he's talking to somebody shady, scary, suspicious. He's like, yeah, Sherlock and Father haven't talked in years. There's no way they're going to, like, accidentally find out about my little plan. It's all been a ruse. A ruse to try to get Sherlock back in London. Mycroft must be a pretty good liar, then. If the great Sherlock Holmes didn't pick up on the fact that he was being bullshitted. Yeah. Or Sherlock just hates him so much that he's like... I'm detecting sleaziness from you, Mycroft. Mycroft be like that. <laughs> so that's the episode. That's the episode. What'd you think of it? I liked it. I thought it was cool that there's. it was like, this is for Joan to solve. Yeah. She knows about medicine. Joan can find the missing bush anytime. <laughs> that's true. It's time for us to go to questions. If you'd like to send us a question, you can send one at LMNOPcast on Twitter or on Tumblr lmnopcast.tumblr.com slash ask. Do we have any um, horse divorce questions this week? Because no horse divorce happened, but this episode we got both horse and divorce. Very true. Or we got denied horse and divorce because he couldn't collect his horse winnings and that woman didn't divorce her husband. Mm. But we did have a blood donation question. So this is from... Joe Bulldozer at the tallest Jew. Number one question asker. Who says, I have yearly checkups at a children's hospital. And if you give blood, they validate your parking, which my mom would do. And when I turned 16 and could donate blood, she went, your turn. So I did. And since I'm not great with needles, I got about 40% of the way to passing out in the process. Oh no. Jeez. What other medical procedure should they have me do to validate my parking instead of that so that I don't have to chug apple juice before driving home? Donate bone marrow. <laughs> You're like seven fifty per hour. And they're like, well, we have another solution. They bring out the fucking giant needle. Yeah. You're like, um, I don't want the tiny blood needle, but the bone marrow needle, that's fine. It's big enough that it doesn't even look like a needle anymore. Yeah. So 
I was confused by this question because I thought they were driving to the hospital to donate blood and then you get your parking validated. <laughs> I was like, just don't go. <laughs> but no, it's like if you have another appointment, you can right. also donate blood, which is an interesting kind of capitalistic hellscape sort of way of getting out of paying for parking. <laughs> if you don't yeah. have the money, just give us your blood, your life juice. <laughs> um, what, <laughs> what, what if you could give like a semen sample? <laughs> This is the little uh, bathroom that people who don't want to pay for their parking go to. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not that. That would just lead to too many people jerking off in their car in the parking garage. Yeah, it would not be good. It would be the opposite of helpful. Detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what else you could give. Because, I mean, you can get plenty of procedures, but most of them would be something on you or done on you. But if you're giving back to the hospital, I mean, how many urine and stool samples do they need? Mm-hmm. Because whatever it is, you've maxed that out. Yeah. I'm always pooping and peeing at the hospital. <laughs> I'm just like... It's kind of weird that you keep uh, moving the the depository room to all of these different hallways, but I'll shit wherever you need me to. <laughs> they're like, Alec, please stop shitting in the hospital hallways. They're like, please. And I'm like, never. There's a picture of your face right at the front door for security. It's not my face that they have a picture of. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only question we got. But I would also like to take this moment to plug the Tumblr because I have been using it as a fan blog as well. Uh, have been just like finding good things and reblogging it. Um, my favorite, most recent post was um, from yourfaveisagirlboss.tumblr.com who says, uh, Joan Watson and Sherlock Holmes from elementary are platonic girl boss and male wife. Yes. <laughs> There's a little flag of, oh, it's great. It's very good. So that's it for our Twitter and Tumblr. You can also find us on Discord by clicking the link in our description of the episode or our pinned tweet. Do we say it's twitter.com slash LMNOP? Cast? Yes, we did say that. But um, we said it again. We would love to have you at the Discord. And we would also like to thank our noisespace.xyz website for hosting us and some other great podcasts that you can check out, like Not A Roy's Nightmare and Era, Kyle XY, which recently had me as a guest, so the episode is two and a half hours long. Oh. It's very good. We make some bold claims that are definitely true. There's also City Girls Make Do and County Girls Make Do, which is the new OC podcast that the same girls are doing about the OC. Oh, I was like, it's an original creation podcast. podcast. <laughs> We'd also like to thank Noah Geist for our intro song at Owl Dude on Twitter and Stellar Ghost on Twitter, aka Summergeist for our pod art. I'm Val Flight Cub. You can find me on Twitter at Flight Cub B. The second B stands for Blued. And I'm Alec. You can find me by following your treasure map. Mm. Sex marks the spot. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. This marble will keep on rolling. Bye bye. I'm a good bye. She's watching the detectives Ooh, 